Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbaji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. In your time of weakness, call for the Holy Spirit. Your strength. Ask Him to strengthen you. Because to be honest with you, I mean, the journey is far. You need strength on this journey. You know, Christianity is not a, 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 a one-week thing. It's not a, a one-month thing. It's not a, a one-year thing. It's a lifetime experience. It's a lifetime journey. When I gave my life to Christ, there was a lady in my area, and the lady said, ah, everybody is giving their life to Christ. And Adama has also given his life to Christ. This one, it's a seven-day wonder. Yeah, we thank God for his presence. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Oh, let's do it better. Let's give Jesus a better praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. How many of you are enjoying the fast so far? Uh, we are on day 18 of the fast. Very soon uh, we'll be finishing. And it's going good, it's going better and better in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, for those of you who are not aware, uh, we are praying every evening. We are praying every evening. We are praying on the prayer line. We have a number where we gather to pray every evening. So we want to encourage you to join us during the time of prayer. Uh, we pray every evening from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And the prayer line is a free line. So if you are calling from your mobile uh, and you have unlimited, um, what do you call it, unlimited package on your, on your mobile, it is free. It's an O3 number. So uh, you will not be charged. Plus, um, uh, I think it's also free to call on your on your landline if you have um, unlimited packages. Amen. 
So let's gather together. Let's call and let's be praying. God is doing amazing things on the prayer lines also. And people are getting blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Are you ready for the word? Okay. We have been learning about the Holy Spirit. And uh, without any shadow of doubt, I don't know about you, but I am really learning a lot. And we thank God for what God is doing in our midst. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. And I'll be reading it from the Amplified Bible. I read. This is Jesus speaking. He said, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything I have told you. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Tonight, I'm teaching on the message I have titled, The Holy Spirit, Our Strengthener. The Holy Spirit, Our Strengthener. The Holy Spirit has different... Um, responsibilities towards the believer. But the only time the Holy Spirit is going to benefit you is when you know what the Holy Spirit is there to do for you. It's like signing a contract. When you sign a contract, there are terms and conditions of every contract. There are terms and conditions. Now, the terms and the conditions of the contract determines what you get out of that contract and what you don't get out of the contract. That's why it's important to read the contract before you sign it. You have to read the contract before you sign it. Once you append your signature to the contract, what you are saying is that you have read it and you have understood it. Are you following me? Now, the moment you understand the terms of the contract, now what happens is you become aware of the benefits in that contract. Is that correct? You become aware of the benefits in the contract. So, the same applies to the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what the Holy Spirit has been given to us for, he will not benefit you. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? You have to know what the Holy Spirit has been given to us for. Now, Jesus said, when I go, I will send you the helper. The helper there means paracletos, the one who is by your side. Are you following me? Now, why is he by your side? He is by your side to help you. But if you don't acknowledge his help, he can't help you. Because the Holy Spirit does not force himself on us. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit does not force himself on us. The Holy Spirit is so gentle, 
He will not force himself on you. He will not force you to do something that you don't want to do. He only suggests to us. Hallelujah. He only appeals to us. He doesn't force us. So the Holy Spirit, not only is he our helper, he is also our comforter. He is our comforter. When you are going through difficult situations and you need someone to comfort you, maybe everyone might have said all the comforting things, but it still doesn't get there. You still don't feel comforted. The Holy Spirit is the best comforter on the earth. Hallelujah. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Our advocate means he's our pleader. He's our lawyer. He, he, he stands on the gap for us. When you have no one to speak for you, he's speaking for you. He's interceding on your behalf in corridors of power. When people are making laws to destroy you, the Holy Spirit, your advocate, stands and defends you. And I pray that from today, the Holy Spirit will defend you in the name of Jesus. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. He is our intercessor. He intercedes on our behalf. The Bible says that sometimes we do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't know where to start your prayer from? You don't know what to pray for. Because the situation you are going through is overwhelming. There's so many problems going on that you don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. An intercessor is somebody who stands in the gap on your behalf. That means in your weakest moment, if you are looking for someone to pray for you, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. I say he's praying for you. He is interceding on your behalf. And there is no best intercessor like the Holy Spirit. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our counselor. He counsels us. The Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There is safety. There is freedom. There is liberty. So the Holy Spirit counsels us. He gives us the right counsel. Where to live. Where to go. Who to marry. When to marry. He gives us the right counsel. He is our counselor. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He counsels us in every single way. Hallelujah. Have you, not, have you not been in a situation where uh, you are seeking what step to take? Maybe you are in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very critical situation and you need to make a decision. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit sends someone to give you a counsel. And that's what you've been waiting for all your life. And you took that step and it was the right step. From today, I pray that the Holy Spirit will put the right people around you to counsel you. There are also evil counselors like Ahitophel. 
Ahitophel sometimes can counsel you right and sometimes can counsel wrongly. Ahitophel can counsel against you. That's why David prayed and said, Oh Lord, frustrate the counsel of Ahitophel. I'm telling you the counsels of Ahitophel are powerful. They are very powerful. Because the Ahitophels, they operate in the corridors of power. That's where they operate. The Ahitophels operate in the corridors of power. And any counsel they give to power, those powerful people take those actions. That's why you must pray always, oh Lord, frustrate the counsel, every counsel of Ahitophel. Because the moment Ahitophel jumps from the camp of David to the camp of Absalom, he is going to counsel Absalom to kill David. And for your information, the counsel of Ahitophel, the Bible says, is like the counsel of God. It's like he has a mind of God. Every time he gives a counsel, it's like this is God speaking. I pray for you that God will put good Ahitophels around you. That every time you need the right counsel to move you forward in life, God will put them around you to give you the right counsel. Say a good amen. amen. Yesterday I was telling my wife in the kitchen, I said to her, thank you so much for marrying me. Because I don't know where I will be now. I have to be honest. I could have married the wrong person. And that said, my destiny would have been truncated. By now, I would have been in a nightclub DJing. Praise God. Are you following me? Just by marrying the wrong person. I'll be in the nightclub. What's the, what's the nightclubs in Crowley here? Eh? What are they called? Are you sure? <laughs> it's okay. If you tell me the name, I would assume you went when you were in the world. Don't worry. I'm not going to catch you. What are the names? You should know. Come on. Are you sure? Praise God. By now, I would have been in the nightclub dancing on top of my head. But thank God, God brought the right person into my life. I, you see, let me tell you something. You are just eight people away from the most powerful person here on earth. Eight people. Eight people. That's why you have to treat people you sit by with respect and honor because you don't know them. If somebody walks to church, don't, don't, never, may I I give you this counsel, never look down on any child of God. Today they might be walking. Tomorrow they'll be flying. Tomorrow they might have 
airlines looking for to employ you. If you despise them today, tomorrow you have closed your door. Jesus was born in a manger. Where is he sitting now? Where is he sitting now? He was born in a manger. There was no, no room for him. They didn't want to give him a room. They didn't want to give him a room. But today those who rejected him, they will be biting their fingers. Oh, I, I wish I had known that this is the son of God. That this is God. But it was too late. Too late. Solution, this might be our manger. <laughs> this might be our manger. But a time is coming. I said a time is coming. I said a time is coming. Where billions will be gathering to hear from this ministry. So don't take us for granted. That's why the Bible says don't despise small or little beginnings. You might not know who you are sitting by. Accord them the right respect and the right courtesies now. Tomorrow, that person might be sitting on a panel of interviewers and you walk into that interview room you abuse that person in church and then you sit before that person. You won't be able to look into their face. You'll be looking down. And probably that is your lifeline job. A lifeline contract. Something you've been believing God for all your years. And you missed it just like that. And may I say this? You always reap what you sow in life. If you don't want to eat it, don't cook it. I always say that. If you don't want to eat the fruits, don't sow the seed. Because <laughs> the thing about the reaping part is you reap more than you sow. <laughs> <laughs> you always reap more than you put in. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is our counselor. Tonight we are going to look at the Holy Spirit, our strengthener. The Holy Spirit, our strengthener. Jesus said to us in John chapter 16 verse 7, Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, that is the Holy Spirit to you, to be close to be in close fellowship with you. Oh, I love that. 
You see, the only time you are going to derive the benefits of the Holy Spirit to you is to be in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The word fellowship there means communion. It's the highest level of intimacy. Are you following what I'm saying? So you need to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How are you going to have fellowship with someone that you don't know? You will always be offending that person. And that's why the Bible says that don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Because you can grieve him. That's why it's important for us to have order in the house of God. That's what the Bible says. Let everything be done how? Decently and in order. Because, listen, let me say this. I say this with all confidence based on the little I know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never be in an environment of disorder. The Holy Spirit will never be in an environment of confusion. The Holy Spirit never flows in an environment of bitterness. How many of you have ever killed a live chicken before? Anyone? Okay, one person, two, three, four. All right. Now, the, the, my wife loves chicken, but she's scared of live chicken. She can't go near a live chicken. <laughs> she's scared of a live chicken. Chicken is her favorite meat. The other day I asked her, will you be able to kill a chicken? She said, never. I said, why? So don't worry, I'm going to take you somewhere where you're going to kill the biggest chicken so we can eat. <laughs> well, let me go back to what I'm about to say. That, that you know, there's a part in the chicken called uh, is it the, the bitter part? What is it called? The what? The bile. Now, that thing is in the chicken. And the bile, when you, after you kill the chicken and you are dissecting the kitchen, the chicken is one thing you must be careful of. You have to make sure you are careful around the bile so that it does not burst and spread into the meat. The moment it spreads into the chicken, the whole chicken is wasted. You said why? Why would God put a bitter thing in a sweet chicken? The Holy Spirit does not work in an environment of bitterness. If I see any Christian who is bitter and they claim they pray in tongues, they are just doing lip service. The Holy Spirit is not in you. Please, don't deceive yourself. Because the bile, that bitter part of the chicken spoils the whole meat. So you might be a sweet Christian, 
but you have that bitter aspect of you. When it comes, it goes into the whole meat of you and everyone around you can stand you. So the Holy Spirit can never operate in an environment of bitterness. The Holy Spirit doesn't like bitterness. The Holy Spirit likes a place of steel, sweetness. Your heart has to be sweet. Your life has to be sweet. And for your information, the Holy Spirit has more to offer us than what that person took away from you. That's what Jesus said. It is to your advantage that I go. For I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. I am sending the paracletos, another of the same kind, who is going to come and magnify what I did here on earth. So we all need the Holy Spirit to be our strengthener. How many of you have, you know, gone to work or maybe there are times you're so tired you look for an energy drink to boost your energy? How many of you? We've all done it. There's been times, you know, most, most times I stay up late Saturday into Sunday morning. <laughs> So whilst you are sleeping and snoring, enjoying your sleep, I'm up, praying, preparing before I come to church. But there are some Saturdays after I go through the day, I'm so tired. I tell my wife, today the Holy Spirit, I rely on the grace that the Holy Spirit provides because I'm so tired, everything I'm reading, studying, is not going in. Because the body is tired. It needs to be rejuvenated. I need some strength. Are you following what I'm saying? I need the Holy Spirit, my strengthener. So we all need strength. One of the key things that is selling in our day and age is strength. People subscribe to strength. People pay monthly subscription to stay strong. Isn't that right? Gyms everywhere. That is paying for strength. Because let me tell you this. <laughs> this will help you. Christians, this will help you. Okay, I won't say this. This, this is what I'm about to say. It's so important, but I don't think you're ready. So maybe another time. I don't think the church can handle this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has strength now. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11, the Bible says that the Lord will guide you continually. He will satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. Say amen to that. Yeah. 
It says you shall be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Say a good amen. And you see, it's the Holy Spirit that strengthens us. He is our strength. In your time of weakness, call for the Holy Spirit. Your strength. Ask him to strengthen you. Because to be honest with you, I mean the journey is far. You need strength on this journey. You know, Christianity is not a, 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 a one week thing. It's not a, a one month thing. It's not a, a one year thing. It's a lifetime experience. It's a lifetime journey. When I gave my life to Christ, there was a lady in my area, and the lady said, ah, everybody's giving their life to Christ, and Adama has also given his life to Christ. <laughs> this one, it's a seven-day wonder. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Because I was so bad, she never believed that I'm really, I'm really, really, have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He said, this one is a seven-day wonder. He said, we give him seven days. He will not go past seven days. I'm still here many years after. Hallelujah. I, I wonder where she is. But you see, I've come this far, not by my own strength, but by the strength of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit distributes to us what has been made available to him by Jesus. Remember, Jesus said he would take of me and give to you. So, Revelations chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. Every member of this church must know this scripture by heart. Especially Revelations chapter 5, verse 12. Who can say it without looking into the scriptures? Because for whole year... We read this scripture every Sunday. Every Sunday. 52 Sundays. Was it last year? Every Sunday we were reading it. Who can read this without, without looking in the Bible? Anyone? Amen. Well, she got close. Come, I'll give you an offering. Come, come and get an offering. Come and get an offering. Come and get an offering. She wants you to take for her. Okay, I'll give her an offering of 10 pounds. Well done. Let's, 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 let's. Hallelujah. Well, it says, saying with a loud voice, I'll read from verse 11. It says, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne of the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. So, one of the things the Holy Spirit 
that Jesus has that the Holy Spirit distributes to us is strength. It's strength. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. We don't confess weakness. We confess in the time of our weakness, strength. Jesus prayed for Peter when Satan wanted to see him. Luke 22 verse 32. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. This is the concept of Christianity. Christianity is not a judgmental relationship. Christianity is you being redeemed out of your sins and you helping others coming out of their sins as well. That's why Jesus said, Satan wanted to sift you like a wheat, but I have prayed for you. And what is the purpose of the prayer? The purpose of the prayer is to strengthen you. And when you are strengthened, he said, you also go and strengthen your brethren. Strengthen the brethren. Strengthen the sisters around you. Those who are weak. They might not be where you are. Help them to get to where you are. Say a good amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 12. The Bible says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Strengthen the hands that hang down. That must be our responsibility in the church. In the church, you should be looking for those who are weak to strengthen their hands. Encourage them. Sister, you are weak, but you can make it. That's what uh, the coaches of boxers do along the ringside. When they are being knocked down, they say, get up, you can do it. What are they doing? Strengthening the feeble hands. When you see someone weak in the church, that's not the time to say, ah, I said it. I said it. I knew this one would not last seven days. Are you an agent of the devil? Or are you an agent of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Let's not be the Pharisees standing at the gates of the church. We don't want to come in and we are preventing those who want to come in from coming in. The work of the Holy Spirit is to strengthen the feeble hands. Strengthen the feeble hands. That's why this is not a church where anyone will condemn you. Paul said, I know no man after the flesh. You are not known in this church after the flesh. We know you have challenges. But it's not our place to start marking you. Amen? Amen. Come just as you are with your weakness. It's just a matter of time. As you keep drinking from the well of the Holy Spirit, just keep drinking. Just keep eating. 
is the bread of life. Just keep eating. Keep drinking. He's a fountain of life. Keep drinking. It's just a matter of time. You will be strong. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5 verse 10. It says, but may the God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. The God of all grace. He strengthens you. In your time of weakness, he strengthens you. Things that you were struggling with, all of a sudden, he strengthens you. And then you begin to walk away from those things. You're like, what? Me? Walk away from that? I, I used to. I used to fall for that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He rearranges the furnitures in our, in our temple, in our body. He rearranges our desires. It takes the Holy Spirit for you when you are fasting and there's so much food in your house for you to say, you will not be my God. Tommy, you will not be my God. I will not sell my birthright. <laughs> and have you noticed that when you are fasting, that's when all your sense of smell comes out. Your sense of smell is, is heightened. You can smell all the, all the, all the nice, you know, cappuccinos, all the nice um, um, Italian pieces. <laughs> you know, we used to fast uh, once, one, one day in a week. Uh, I think it used to be Thursdays. And, um, you know, and I'm the type where I can fast for days. I can go for days. You know, I can go for days without eating. But guess what? Thursday morning, 5 a.m., I'm hungry. I'm like, what's happening? The day we are supposed to fast, that's the only morning I get hungry. <laughs> And don't pretend. I mean, you, you people have, you know, you, you know, don't pretend. And sometimes, you know, you know, you are in the kitchen, you're about to have that breakfast and the Holy Spirit is reminded you, Father, in the name of Jesus, and you've put the food in your mouth. The Holy Spirit reminded you before you put the food and you still ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit and have that breakfast. May God forgive your sins in the name of Jesus. Revelations chapter 3 verse 2, it says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. So when things are about to die, that's not the time we kill it. We strengthen them. 
Amen. Please write this down. Christianity without the Holy Spirit is weakness. Christianity without the Holy Spirit is weakness. Our source of strength as Christians comes from the Holy Spirit. That's why Christians will be weak without the Holy. Can you imagine the kind of persecutions we go through as Christians just by saying I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, I'm born again. People just hate you for for doing nothing, for saying nothing. And yet we still continue, we still pursue without giving up. That's the Holy Spirit strengthening us. But for some of us, we would have given up long ago. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, my father kicked me out of the house. Kicked me out of the house. I slept outside. Mosquitoes were feeding on me. At one point, I questioned whether my father really was my father. But I didn't give up. All the persecutions I went through, I didn't give up. I was working somewhere and they say you have to play a secular song. As a, as a gospel presenter, they say just play it. You are in the studio. Nobody will know that you are the one there. I said no. It will go against my values as a child of God. And they said, if you don't play it, pack your bag and go. I packed my bag and I left. I was sacked just for being a Christian. Just for standing for what I believe in. But you see, all things work together for our good. It was within that one year, exactly a year after I was sacked, God opened a door for me to come to Bible school here. And through that, I met my wife. And through that, I met you. If I had, if I had played that secular song, many of us are bowing secretly. Satan came to Jesus and said, if you know you are a child of God, just turn this stone into bread. Just, just you know, nobody is here. It's just the two of us. The angels cannot see you. God is not here. Peter is not here. John is not here. Nobody is here. It's just me and you bow. If you bow, I'll give you, you see, all the glory, everything you see in this world, I'll give it to you. The three Hebrew boys, they said, bow to the image. They said, oh, king, live forever. But even if God will not deliver us, we will not bow. In spite of all those persecutions, they stood the test of time. Persecution is part of us. Jesus said, the way they persecute me, you will be persecuted. But why do we still keep going? How come in the midst of the persecution, we are growing and expanding? Christianity is not going down, it's expanding. Paul was creating havoc, going into houses, 
just like they are doing in China and in Russia, going into houses, killing Christians. Some of us have seen our parents crucified right before our eyes, but we still maintain that we will not deny Jesus Christ. What is it? The secret is the Holy Spirit because he is our strengthener. Remember the Bible said, Jesus said a parable. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a leaven, a yeast, which a woman took and put in three leavens, right? Three uh, flowers. And it's leavened the whole leaven. The Holy Spirit is that leaven. He strengthens us from within. When you feel like you're going down, that's when he gives you momentum to go the extra mile. You will not be weak from today. In the name of Jesus. The strength of Christianity is not based on the growing of large congregation gatherings around the world, but on the engagement of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to engage the Holy Spirit. He's our strengthener. Just like when you're weak physically, you pop into the shop and buy a Red Bull. When you're weak spiritually, depend on the Holy Spirit. Ask him, Holy Spirit, strengthen me. Holy Spirit, I'm weak, strengthen me. And may I, may I say this? Even if you have fallen into the worst sin, let this be your prayer. Holy Spirit, you are my strength now. Strengthen me. And he will strengthen you out of that situation to pursue after God one more time. That's why the Bible says that the righteous falleth seven times, but will rise again. I said we'll rise again. I said we'll rise again. Say a good amen. amen. It doesn't matter how weak you are today. You'll rise again. Amen. I said you'll rise again. Amen. Your strength is coming again. Amen. You don't know how you are going to end this journey. But by the time you realize, by the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll be at the end of the crossing line. Amen. Receiving a crown from the Almighty Father. Amen. Saying to you, well done, thou good and faithful father, I see you crossing that line. I see you finishing well. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, intellect is good. But intellectualism without the Holy Spirit is dangerous. <laughs> Most of the time, some of us rely on the strength of our intellect. It's good. It's good to be smart. It's good to be intelligent. Oh, it's good. I was very intelligent, but my mom and dad didn't have money to pay my, my way to the highest form of education. So intellect is good. But intellectualism without the Holy Spirit is a dangerous mind. That's what we saw in Hitler. Dangerous mind. 
we were we were in uh, Prague. Uh, it was the last month, and we were doing a tour, and they took us to a particular place where there was a synagogue. And according to the tour guide, he massacred eighty-six thousand Jews. Eighty-six thousand Jews. He bent them, and he thought he was really doing God a favor. And three years ago, according to statistics, in the same place, there are only about 1,300 Jews. Same place. Before, 86,000. So, intellect is good. That's why the Bible puts it this way. Every mind every imagination that exalts itself against the imagination of Christ must be brought down. Paul was very intelligent. He had the best of education. And he was using that Saul, let me say Saul, before he became Paul. He was using that to destroy the church until the Holy Ghost, Jesus, captured his mind and said, this thing you use to destroy the church is the same thing you're going to, I'm going to use to build the church. And read the, the Pauline epistles. Look at the way he was defending the cause of Christ. Line upon line. I'm telling you, I mean, this is someone who was not there when Jesus was there physically. Yet his revelation, his encounter with Christ, up to date, some of us cannot even comprehend it. Hallelujah. So, the level of the battles you go through determines the strength you require. And if right now I should ask us all to raise our hands and tell me the battles you are going through, uh, we will not end this service. Some of us are fighting stuff. Fierce battles. Some of us in our offices, some of us in our businesses, some of us in our marriages, some of us in our very own families, some of us in, 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 in everywhere. Battles upon battles. Battles, different levels of battles, different levels of attacks. But the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen us. So Joel chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Joel chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. I mean, at this point, they were really under fierce oppression and battle. And God said to them, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. So let me show you something. This is very important. When you face battles, that's not the time 
to be scared. Because the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. You might be like David. Your battle might be Goliath. But God says, let the weak say, I am strong. So if you can maintain that confession, I can guarantee you, you win the battle. Say a good amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So why don't we say it together? Let the weak say. Let's say it together. Ready, go. Let the weak say, I am strong. Say it again. Let the weak say, I am strong. So every time you feel weakness, just start saying, I am strong. I am strong. When you say you are strong, you are drawing upon the strength of the Holy Spirit. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. And before you realize, you have finished that journey. Let's quickly look at some of the areas that the Holy Spirit helps or the Holy Spirit strengthens us in. Number one, the Holy Spirit strengthens our heart in times of weakness. The Holy Spirit strengthens our heart in times of weakness. Psalm 27 verse 14. Psalm 27 verse 14. It says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Your heart, your heart is the engine room for your whole being. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart. A weak heart is a weak Christian. A weak heart is a weak Christian. If your heart is weak, you'll fall for everything and anything. And to the young ones, my young little girls and young little boys, let your heart be strong. Don't let any little boy come and say, oh, I love you. And they say, oh, my heart, oh, my heart, I'm having butterflies, butterflies. No. That's why fathers... Mothers, tell your children I love you before they hear it from a naughty boy outside. So when they hear I love you, it's not strange to them. Yeah, you getting me? So, girls, girls, are you there, girls? Are you there, boys? My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will strengthen your heart. They say, oh, I love this boy. He melts my heart. Oh, I get goose pimples. Hallelujah. Don't give your heart to any boy. Give your heart to Jesus. 
Give your heart to the Holy Spirit. Say amen. Say amen. Look, look at me when I'm talking to you. Look at me. Because very soon, I'll be doing your weddings. And I want all of you to marry as virgins. Are you listening? Yeah. Say a good amen. I want my children to marry as virgins, so I want all of you, little, little ones, to marry as virgins. If I see you at night with a boy in under a tree somewhere, you'll see. I'll get out of the car and I'll say, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> i say, hey, what are you doing here? And, and, and I know all your schools, all of you. So I'll be driving past your school. When I see you with any boy, doing what you're not supposed to do, you see. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. So learn to wait on the Lord. And he will strengthen your heart. Amen? Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He strengthens our heart in times of weakness. Number two, the Holy Spirit strengthens us in the building of the church. Say amen. amen. Because listen, building the church of God is not easy. I'm telling you. <laughs> Being a pastor is not easy. Because people are criticizing you from inside out. I mean from inside the church and outside the church. Uh, uh, whilst he's preaching, somebody is saying, what time is it? Inside. Inside. So the Holy Spirit strengthens us in the building of the church. I'm telling you, if we have to hear what people say about us, we will never, we'll never pass a church. I'm telling you, there was a time we had, we had a baby dedication, one of our children in, in, a, in a hotel, and, and the hotel said we are, not, we are not allowed to bring in food and I mean, it's a big church. We couldn't feed everybody. Yeah, the pastor is blessed, but I cannot take the church money to do my baby dedication. Praise God, because the church money is not my money. Amen? So, we had a baby dedication. I think we gave water. Was it water? Drinks, juice and drinks. The next thing, somebody who was at the, at the baby dedication was in a bus. And then they were talking about us. They said, ah, they did a baby dedication in a nice hotel, but they didn't give us food. <laughs> they were criticizing us in a bus. And somebody was in the bus and heard it and came to tell my wife. I said, wow. Somebody said, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Somebody from the church. Quit 
criticized him. They said, they did a, a beautiful baby dedication and all they gave us was water. <laughs> I see that person in the church. I say, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. You need a testimony? I pray for you. Yeah, you have to, you know. It takes the Holy Spirit to be able to love people. How many of you know that? Yeah. Jesus told Paul, the people that I've sent you to, they are going to kill you. The very people I've sent you to go and redeem, they are going to kill you. Did you not see Moses saw a Jew, an Israeli and an Egyptian fighting? He killed the Egyptian. The next day, he saw that same guy fighting with another brother. He said, guys, your brothers, who are you? And then he said, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? He actually delivered him from the Egyptian. But today, he's against Moses. Hallelujah. Jesus with the 12 disciples sitting at the table having communion. He said, the one who dips his bread with me in the same bowl, he is the one who is going to betray me. So sometimes betrayer comes from the person who you are eating with in the same bowl. <laughs> in the same bowl. <laughs> you think he's your best friend. You are eating. You are eating with him. Eating with her. But they are actually are the ones betraying you. That's why you really need the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to know who is with you and who is against you. So the Holy Spirit strengthens us in the building of the church. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 9. It says, for they all were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen our hands. Say amen. Amen. For they all were trying to make us afraid. Nehemiah has come to build the walls. A broken wall. And yet there are people from inside the Sambalats and the Tobiases trying to make the people afraid. They say, ha, ah, this walls you are building, even if foxes run on it, it will break down. <laughs> Sometimes you are building, you think you are doing your best for God. People pass by, they look and say, what are they doing? Is this church? This is not church. Yet, it's those people who gave their life to Christ in this same place. They'll stand somewhere and say, ah, he thinks he's doing church. How can you do church here? <laughs> Ezra chapter 6 verse 22. It says, and they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Assyria towards them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. To strengthen their hands. I pray for you that God will strengthen your hands. Any project you start, God will strengthen your hands to complete it. He said to Zerubbabel, 
the same hands that have started this will complete it. Everything you have started, you will complete it in the name of Jesus. That's why I like that testimony of our sister whose daughter didn't want to go to school, but today is going to university. The same God who started with you, he will help you to, straight, to finish it. The Holy Spirit strengthens the weak in the church. Number three, the Holy Spirit strengthens the weak in the church. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3 and 4. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3 and 4. It says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Amen. That's what we do every time we come to church, to strengthen you. You might be weak, but we are strengthening you to say you will be able to do it. You will be able to accomplish it. And my prayers are God will help you accomplish it in Jesus' name. Number four, the Holy Spirit strengthens the structures of the church to enable it withstand the expansion and the growth that he's bringing. The Holy Spirit strengthens the structures of the church to enable it withstand, to enable it withhold the expansion and the growth he is bringing. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1 to 4. It's a single barren. You who do not burn, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks. Say amen. amen. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabitants. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit will help strengthen our structures. Number five, the Holy Spirit strengthens us in times of fierce battles. I said that earlier. He helps to strengthen us in times of fierce battles. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 to 13. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, 
will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit strengthens us in times of fierce opposition. Have you been in times where there's so much opposition? Fierce. I've seen, I've seen some men of God gone through attacks. All kinds of attacks. And, and everyone will say they cannot survive this one. They will not be able to survive this one. And then all of a sudden, they come out strong. What's the secret? The Holy Spirit was strengthening them. I pray that in your time of weakness, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. I've gone through battles where I didn't know where to turn. I sleep in peace. My wife will be asking, are you okay? I say, yeah, I'm all right. No memory, no grumbling. Sometimes she sees me up, up 3 a.m. She wakes up. She sees me studying, praying. She says, how do you do it? I said, the Holy Spirit is my strength now. I don't know how I do it. He wakes me up. I'm there. He wakes me up and he starts teaching me. He wakes me up. He starts opening my eyes into revelations. Because somebody's destiny is predicated on this word. Somebody's at the verge of, of letting go. They just need to come and hear that the Holy Spirit can strengthen you. Finally, as we close, let's look at a case studies of somebody that we all know. His name is Samson. When we talk about strength, we all relate to Samson. It's either Goliath or Samson. But in this instance, we want to look at Samson. Judges chapter 16, verse 28. Are you getting something out of this? Wonderful. Judges chapter 16, verse 28. I read, it says, Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Now, the background to this scripture, you know, you all know something. Samson, um, mother and father were barren. Mother was barren. And then an angel of the Lord came and said, you're going to have a child. And, and then she told uh, the husband. And then the husband, um, later on, the angel appeared again. They cooked, uh, but the angel didn't eat. Uh, the angel said, I cannot eat because angels are not supposed to eat. And said, offer it as a burnt offering. And then all of a sudden, they realized that this is an angel of the Lord. But guess what they did? They actually um, uh, took hold of the angel and said, we'll not let you go until you tell us your name. And then after a long time, uh, the angel didn't tell them his name. And then they 
both realized that this is an angel of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord told them specifically how this child is going to be born and said to them that um, this child is supposed to be a Nigerian. No uh, razor is supposed to touch his head. You're not supposed to drink wine. They gave specific details how this guy is supposed to live. Can you imagine? An angel comes to your mother and tells your mother, these are your guidelines for success in life. And still this guy disobeyed all of it. (laughs) He disobeyed all of it because in those days, there were judges ruling and he was one of the judges. He was one of the judges. And at that point, the Philistines were, were dominating over the children of God. So Samson was born, he started, you know, showing forth his strength, you know, the spirit of God will come upon him and then he'll kill a lion with his bare hands, you know, he'll go and carry a whole gate on his shoulder, you know, and, 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 and throw it away and then he goes to marry and then the father-in-law decides to change the wife, give him another woman because the father-in-law had given uh, the, the wife to another man and then something goes to take 300 foxes join their tails together put a light on the tail and send the foxes into their farms the farms of the Philistines and then the, the children of Israel came to him and said but something you know we are under these people these people the way you are doing they are going to kill us so they said we must bring you to, to them and say, okay, that's fine. So long as you're not going to kill me, that's fine. If you take me to them, I'll deal with them. So they took him to the Philistines and they bound him. And then the next thing, he took a jaw of an, uh, a jawbone of an axe and he killed many of them. And then the next thing, he gave a riddle. And at this point, they have sent an enemy, a woman, to entice him. So he gave a radio and said, anyone who is be able to tell me this radio is going to get this prize and so on and so forth. Then um, the woman started manipulating him and said, oh, you haven't told me the meaning of this. And something said to her, I have not even told my mother and father. Why should I tell you? And the end of the story is that he didn't and they couldn't tell the riddle and he gave them the riddle. And then the next thing he did is that they sent him uh, this, you know, Delilah. They sent Delilah to entice him. Delilah will go and say, uh, tell me where your strength is. And then, and then Samson will say, Samson will say, if you tie me with fresh rope, my strength will be like any other man. May I suggest to you that you don't play with your area of strength or your area of weakness. If you know you have weakness in in drinking, don't go near a pub. If you know you have weakness in women, don't hug any woman. 
Say amen. Amen. I'm helping you. There's a lot of wisdom in this teaching. If you know you are a man, you are weak, don't stand with a lady under a tree alone at night. When she comes to visit you, make sure the door is open. Say amen. Amen. If you are not married, make sure the door is open and have timelines, have boundaries. She must not stay or he must not stay till 11 p.m., 1 p.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m. What are you talking about? In that room. Oh, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. Oh, I love you. And then before you realize, give me a peck here. Let me see how it feels. Say A again. (laughs) And then peck here. I say, oh, oh. I peck from a peck. Give me here. Give me here. Just a little bit. Can I tell you something? The first day I hugged my wife when we were cutting, I had electric shock. I said, Sister Zama, from today, no more hugging. I said, you know, when you are going, goodbye. See you later. Handshake. See you later. Because the first day I hugged her, we were cutting, I said, ooh, the electrical power here is more than 240 volts. I have to run away. And we have to put boundaries. When Sister Zama comes to visit, she doesn't sit on my bed. I was living in a small single room then. The size of my room was like from there to there. My bed was this size. Yeah. And we started having the fellowship of the church in that small room. So when Sister Zama came, I had two chairs in the room. Everyone would sit on the bed because, I mean, that was the place we had for the fellowship prayer meeting. So everyone would sit on the bed, run about. Some would sit on the floor. And then Sister Zama would sit on the, on the chair. She never sits on my bed because I had feelings for Sister Zama. I don't want to sleep on that bed. And then at night, I start dreaming. Dreaming, Sister Zama. Oh, Sister Zama. I want to smell Sister Zama's perfume. No. No, just avoid. It will help you. Don't play with fire. Fire will burn you. Amen? If you play with fire, fire will burn you. So something said to Delilah, oh, if, you, if you bind me with fresh cords, I'll be as weak as any man. Look, he's playing. Yet an angel had given specific instructions. Don't do this. Some of us, if we had those instructions, we'll go far. The mistakes we've made in life, we won't have made it. But something had everything. They even told him what not to eat, what not to drink, where not to go, who not to marry. What else do you want? But something was playing with fire. And Delilah was persistent. So he would bind and then he would raise up and strong. He would kill the Philistine. And then she'll come again. Now remember when the devil wants to get you, 
he breaks boundaries. And it's little by little. It's little. That's how addiction happens. It starts little. You start little, little gambling. Little scratch card. One pound. Oh, it's 50p. It's scratch, scratch. You go to the shop. Oh, give me the... It's weekend, weekend, 50p, scratch. Ah, okay, it's all right. Next week, uh, uh, one pound. So it's start from 50p, one pound. And then next week, oh, uh, five pounds. Maybe today is my lucky day. You're a Christian, five pounds. And then next week, uh, 10 pounds. And then next week, uh, 20 pounds. And then the following week, 100 pounds. Before you realize you are selling your, your car, you are selling your trousers, you are selling your house to gamble, you become addicted. That's how it begins. That's what Samson did. Delilah was breaking the boundary little by little. The devil lays a siege in your future before you get there. I tell my wife this, the devil is not in a rush. When he comes to lay a siege, he's not in a rush. He has all the time. He has a siege mindset. And his purpose is to cut your source of supply. Once he's able to freeze your source of supply, he'll get you. And if you take 20 years, he's not in a rush. He's not in a rush. And that's what was happening between Samson and Delilah. And then at one point, Delilah was insisting and crying and manipulating, you know, manipulating him, emotional manipulating, emotional blackmailing. If you really love me, oh, you, you, you give me this. If you, if you love me, no. If you love me, prove it. You don't need to prove nothing to no man. Huh? You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Can you imagine somebody tells me, if, if you're a man, prove it. Comes to me and say, if you're a man, prove it. How, how do I prove I'm a man? I'm a man. <laughs> I know I'm a man. I don't need to prove anything. It's weak people who try to prove things. Yeah, you get it what I'm saying. I don't need to prove anything to you. I'm a man. Take me as I am or leave it. And then finally, last but finally, then something was upset. And said, if you cut my hair, I'll be like any ordinary man. And then Delilah said, and the devil doesn't give up. He's very persistent. Upon all the areas they went through. By now you thought she would have given up. But she didn't give up. And they cut his hair. And then in the morning when the Philistines came, Samson said, I'll rise up like before. And he shook himself. And the Bible says that and the Lord, the spirit of the Lord left him. Sometimes God will give you grace. 
but don't abuse the grace of God. And the first thing that Philistines did to Samson is they took off both of his eyes. The devil is looking for your vision. They took off his eyes. If he can get your vision, he's finished with you. They took off his eyes, both of his eyes. And then guess what? They led him into where they were sacrificing unto their Dagon, the small god. And then, you know the end of the story. At this point, Samson couldn't see. He asked a little boy, can you help me and take me to the two pillars in this building? They took him to the two pillars, one hand there, one hand there. And then the Bible said, then Samson called to the Lord saying, oh Lord God, remember me. I pray, strengthen me. I pray just this once, oh God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And the Bible says that at his death, he killed more of the Philistines than ever before. Now, I came to encourage you tonight. The Holy Spirit is our strength now. In times of weakness, let's rely on him and he will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a better praise. May he strengthen us in everything we do in the name of Jesus. Let's rise up on our feet. Why don't you just ask God to strengthen you, ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. In every area of your weakness, talk to the Lord. He knows you better. Ask him to strengthen you. Ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. Lord, be our strength. Where we are weak, strengthen us. Help us where we are weak, Lord. Strengthen this church. Strengthen every member of this church. Lift up every feeble hand, every feeble knee. Every everyone that is at the point of weakness, Lord, strengthen them. In their walk with you, strengthen them. Help us to remain strong. Help us to remain strong. Take weakness out of us. Help us in every area of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us. Strengthen us. On this journey, wherever we have been weary, wherever we have been weak, strengthen us. Give us a fresh strength. Fresh strength. Strengthen us, strength from on high, strength from strange places. Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us in our weakness. Help us in our challenges. In the name of Jesus, help us in our workplaces. Help us, Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Holy Spirit, you are our strength now. 
You are our strength now. You are our strength now. You are our strength now. Strengthen us. Strengthen us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you've done in our midst tonight. Thank you that our lives will never be the same again. We give you praise. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being our strengthener. Continue to strengthen us in our weaknesses. May we not run away from you during our times of weakness, but rather run closer to you, run towards you, for in you we find strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's show forth the strength of the Lord in our midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Covenant is here again. 
Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbaji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Orekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go.